Uh, I'm going to break into Christmas singing right now. Andre, do you want to join me? Sure, man. All right, what you singing? No, no, we need something secular. Oh, wait a minute. Let's do oh. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. Oh, no, no, you got it. You got it. No, if you, no, no, you can't. If you're going to sing something, you got, it has to be. It has to be uh, the George Michael song. Yeah, oh. the last Christmas I gave you my heart. Oh boy! But the very next day you gave it away. Last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very so would you would you sing that at church? Uh, no. I was gonna I was gonna joke about it, but then just no. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us today at Two Edge Sojourner. We're talking about Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. So, Andre, you were singing to us. That was beautiful. Um, uh, George Michael, um, we just. we went to, we've been thinking about Christmas and uh, the complexity that it brings to um, the issue of our faithfulness as sojourners and um, also our faithfulness as, as people in the world, citizens. Um, uh, we want to think clearly about it. We want to make sure that we're, we're uh, engaging with culture as we should. Uh, we've spoken about um, the reality at the one level of our you know, being having our conscience tied to the Word of God alone, and not, not you know, despite the realities of the Christian calendar and Christian tradition, and and despite the 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 meshing in of 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 the church and culture of the years, and and really, it's it's a lack of clarity at so many points. Um, I think, if anything, the Reformation taught, and, and you see the Puritans were, were quite hard about this as well. In that, you know, we we take our cues from the the Word of God, and we worship. Uh, God, not according to any special. I mean, I know I know Spurgeon. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I know he was a little bit later on, but um, you know, just rarely is very emphatic on this point. You know, let let they tied they tied Christmas to Rome, and and rightly so because um, you had you know from Constantine onwards this this real mesh of of the Roman uh, state and the church and uh, this idea of of the pagan festival and the church's festival and just kind of it just became one big mess of spaghetti. Um, and so, you know, in, in, in coming out of that and f- figuring that, you know, as the reformers wanted to free the consciences of men from the grip of superstition in Rome and extra tradition, um, the, you know, we need to be sure to make, uh, to, to keep that tradition strong when it comes to Christmas and make sure that our, uh, we're feeling free. Like we should never feel under any obligation to do anything but that which the word says. So that's, that's the one thing. I think, for example, if you're not going to a Christmas service, let's say it's not a Sunday, let's say Christmas falls on a Tuesday or something, um, and you're not going to a Christmas service, uh, you know, I, honestly, that is okay, you know, at, at, in that God has not commanded you to go to a Christmas service. But we're going to nuance this, so let's just um, let's just say that categorically right there. And then on the other end, um, you know, you've got the cultural experience of Christianity that we've said is. Um, uh, it's not. It's not sinful. It's common. It's. It's just. It might have had sinful origins, but the that's cultural, not the issue. The cultural experience of Christmas. You mean? Oh, uh, what did I say? 
the cultural experience of Christianity. <laughs> Thanks. Good correction. Thank you. The <laughs> yeah, cultural experience right. of Christmas uh, comes from a, um, a pagan source, no doubt. But uh, today, our engagement with it is really the real danger tends to be more in the line of uh, overspending, overdrinking, you know, consumeristic idolatry and that sort of thing. And so we need to watch out for those things, of course. But um, the other danger is, and this is leading to our third point now, the, the danger of syncretism. And what we mean here is um, in syncretism, you have uh, you think of Israel's history, for example, um, whenever Israel starts losing its religious distinctiveness and blending with the, uh, the peoples and the Canaanites and embracing their religions and fusing the two together, you end up with something like the Samaritan religion where it's just all all over the place and, and you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And uh, there's some Jesus in there, but there's some of this and th- some of that as well. And y- we need to watch out for that. And uh, Christmas certainly does not give us license to syncretize. And I think I think uh, what you've seen in the, in the Christian church um, in terms of uh, the history of the Roman Catholic Church and that sort of thing, uh, are gross forms of syncretism and um, and mixing of Jesus with things that Jesus have not has not commanded us to do or think about. Um, no, and in fact, wasn't it? Um, you know, a lot of these things they started because actually the Roman Catholic Church, when it was dealing with the kind of uh, barbaric tribes of the north, and it was sort of taking those lands. As a, you know, they adopted a very specific policy um, in order to kind of appease those people. They wouldn't, they wouldn't stop them from, you know, keeping their pagan festivals. Mm-hmm. They just Christianized them. Mm-hmm. You know, so that mm-hmm. that was a, a deliberate strategy mm-hmm. used to kind of keep the people from rebelling against Rome and from rebelling against the Roman Catholicism. Right. Um, so a lot of the weird sort of paganisms that crept into the Roman Catholic Church were as a result of that, you know, Mm, mm, Um, and a a lot to do with Christmas and Easter and all those kinds of things came in that way. Um, Yeah, and because they weren't bound by the word and they could, you know, enlarge that body of of, 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 of sort of controlling, uh, that that which was controlling their practice um, via tradition and, you know, the Pope and whatnot. It's also because they failed to separate church and state. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah. that as well. So they're trying to keep control of the people with religion, rather than actually preaching the gospel and seeing people converted. Yes, you know, <coughs> they, you know, it was all it was all connected with church and state, and that was part of the problem. But that 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 is part of the problem um, today as well. So particularly in a place like the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite as simple as like you've got this the secular line mm-hmm. um, or, or cultural Christmas, mm-hmm. and then you've got the Christian Christmas, mm-hmm. and, um, and the two are running on separate train tracks because actually they have been one and the same thing, you know, because the whole of the country was governed according to the, to the liturgical calendar. Mm. Yeah, you know? that's um, right. And so it, you... you you, you know, you're saying you don't have to go to a Christmas service, but I'm fairly certain that at some point in 
in the history of England, you know, you, there would be quite a lot of pressure right. on people to go to things like Christmas services. Yeah. So, and that segues um, well to what, where we want to go with this, because I mean, that is a good indicator of the way that the things have blended in, perhaps inappropriately, but that's just the way it is, you know. And um, yeah. And and there's there's a good example of of what we need to be delivered from, freed from, as a result of our understanding now of of we worship according to the word. So it's not like despite the pressure, despite the history, you know, we make sure to have our conscience bound by the word alone. And yet, and yet, um, we don't want to live in a way that's disconnected from reality. And that's that comes across in two ways in that we don't want to live apart from culture. So there it is. There's the cultural experience. But now what this is why, why Chris, uh, Christmas is such a case study, because it's not just that. It's you've got the cultural experience wrapped in with some previous mistakes and syncretism and all sorts of, of weird stuff in the church. What do you do with that? Um, and essentially, yeah. uh, you, I think there are two things that we need to just try and iron out here. The first thing is to try and draw the line. What is syncretism for us practically now? Like, what do you want to avoid? Okay. And then the other thing is, how can we leverage the situation for the gospel? Um, what I'm, what as a two-age sojourner and someone who believes in two-kingdom theology, I'm dead against um, trying to redeem things, redeem culture, you know, transform yeah. culture. Like, let's take you know, then you're back to doing what Rome did, essentially. Let's just take the pagan thing, make it a Christian thing, and make it work to the ends of, of Christ, you know? And I, yeah. that is not the goal. The goal is, if anything, to divide the sacred and the secular and to understand the two things in different ways under the total uh, harmonious rubric of Christ's rule over both the world and the church. Um, but... Because that's, that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? Like, you get all these little mantras saying, we need to put Christ back into Christmas. Yes, um, but the problem with that is that unless you have the power to actually legislate about what will happen over the Christmas period and what won't, mm -hmm. all you're going to end up with is some sort of compromise in the middle, which is just going to look even worse. So in, instead of trying to put Christ back into Christmas, just let Christmas do its own thing yeah. and worship Christ. Right. You, know? It, you know, and if you do get legislative power, do you want to do that? You know, then then we're just well, no. You know, but it's yeah. funny you mentioned the Puritans because yeah. that's what Cromwell did. Yes, true, true. I mean, true, Cromwell. True. Yeah. He um, what's it, he he didn't quite cancel Christmas, but he he wanted to give it a new name and uh, reinvent it basically okay. and redefine yeah. it. Right. Um, and so that's what that's why I used that. Yes. Okay. I'm with example. you. So it, it it almost um you could banish the wrong things and so to speak. Yeah. Um, but. The um yeah and look and it's interesting because as you say like your culture um in in Felixstowe in the UK right now in Wellington New Zealand it's interesting because I think the, the it seems to me I mean you'll have the odd hymn slip in it it's not like I know in South Africa for example you'll hear hymns and jingle bells like alternate you know the whole thing is very Christianized whereas in in New Zealand it's a lot more secular and I find that deeply helpful it's not completely obviously the Christmas thing you've got the nativity in there and whatnot but it's definitely not as intertwined as the thing you're describing in your setting now. So that leads us to almost, you know, have to think about how to leverage the thing in different ways. Um, but I, I want to just start by saying, you know, hey, it's not, a, it's not an attempt to redeem Christmas or put the Christ back into Christmas. What it is is um, a, a, a realization that you have a unique, I mean, here's where, again, you're just treating it like you would in all things. 
you're asking where are opportunities for gospel proclamation? Where are where yeah. are opportunities? Really, it's Paul at Mars Hill, isn't it? Just saying, oh, there we yeah, go. Exactly. You're, you're a bunch of statues. Have you considered this? You know, um, it, you're just always looking for something. Now, obviously, if there is a if there is a um, cultural experience that has sort of been intertwined with nominalism and uh, Christian you know, uh, teaching at some level and people feel a nominal kind of burden or pressure to go to church on, uh, on Sunday, you know, even though you have the understanding that your conscience is not bound to worship on that, uh, on that particular 25th of December, I mean, it is a great opportunity, <laughs> you know, if everyone's flocking into church to, to make sure that this is, this is an opportunity for them to actually hear the gospel preached. And, and there what you're thinking is more like, and you mentioned uh, in the previous episode, like, hey, you've got, a, you've got all these Christmas sort of decorations in the church service and whatnot. See, now that's, that's just really turning a meeting place um, that is celebrating Christmas into an opportunity for gospel proclamation, um, much in the same way that Paul's using the meeting place of Areopagus to preach the gospel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important to distinguish that. Like our, in our situation, we don't have a Christmas service um, because we found that people don't flock to church on Sundays. Or not, I shouldn't say Sunday, whatever Christmas day is. Um, and so it ends up being a, just a bit of a waste of time. We found that unless you have an established cathedral of some sort, that, that tends to uh, attract the nominalism of the city. And, uh, you know, as a church plant, it's not going to be a great big opportunity to get people, you know, to hear the gospel. If anything, people are going away. And there are other parts in New Zealand that think differently about this because, you know, people go there for Christmas and, and they yeah. want to leverage that opportunity. So that's all good. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, if, if we're going to get down to, you know, crossing T's and dotting I's, I would prefer to see that structured in a way that's different from a Lord's day gathering, you know, in that you're, you're making it decidedly different. Um, it's the, not even using the same liturgy. It's just a, you're trying, you know, to, to leverage the cultural experience to preach the gospel in a place. That's what you're trying to do there. It's different from what you're trying to do when you're worshiping according to the elements of the worship service prescribed by the word uh, on the Lord's day. Yeah. Um, and so ideally there would be a, a clear distinction there visually. Um, but the other thing to say then is that while that's okay, and while obviously, you know, you really are depending on pastors to be able to distinguish that well, and they don't, they fail. And, and so often you end up with, you know, people who are, have just a very, very confused understanding of what's going on there that day. You know, like it, it does become for many people the most sacred of days. You know, this is the day yeah. that we come yeah. to you know, really worship Jesus, baby Jesus, you know, and it's just, and that, that, and same thing with Easter, you know, as if the cross is left out of every other service, now it becomes, you know, now we really have to, it's slightly less important than Christmas, but we'll worship anyway, you know, that's, it's, it's just that, that weird vibe. Um, do we want to stay away from that kind of syncretistic understanding? But, um, there's also an opportunity to think thoughts about the incarnation specifically. And that's good. It's not like yeah. we're forbidden from doing that on any day. You know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, exactly. and so to begin a day that, uh, because of, because of the way things are to begin it 
assembling together to have a, usually a sermon preached about uh, the realities and, well, hopefully you'd have it to be something substantial about the realities of the incarnation and just bringing some further light or reminding you about some truth there. I mean, that's like, you know, I, I put that into you know, meeting together at, uh, essentially with a couple of friends, uh, you know, and talking about the incarnation. I mean, we're certainly not forbidden from doing that. For the most part, what it comes down to is people have to unwrap this in their minds properly, um, in that it might well not be executed with a, a good degree of clarity uh, in a way that allows people a perfect sort of approach to this. But, you know, it's our individual responsibilities to go, okay, well, what's actually happening here? What are, What is okay? What isn't okay? Um, and and so, you know, to go and I think immediately what we've said already is to to go to church that day as if this is the real church service that Sunday that that year at least. You know, yeah, it's yeah. you you want to get rid of that completely. If in fact to antidote that, you almost want to give yourself liberty not to go. Now I'm not saying you don't have to go and blah blah blah. There might be some some expectations and pressures and whatnot. That's fine, but you know when you go you realize, hey, you know, what you're doing there is you're, you're coming together as an extra day, and that's fine. It's like yeah. totally okay for the church that's to gather as many yeah, days as they want it. You're saying yeah. that the main worship of the church is Lord's Day by Lord's Day. It's yes. not the same as saying you can only worship on the Lord's Day. Right. Yes, exactly. But I am saying that the apex, so to speak, of our worship, the thing mandated, the thing without which there cannot be, is, is the church yeah. service on the Lord's Day. Yeah, so don't, yeah. don't give up meeting together. Yes. You know, is, it's a is Lord's, Lord's, Day Day. Lord's Day. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. a great way to put it. So the same does not apply to a church service, which is basically man's idea to make, to leverage the situation to the glory of God. Amen. You know, yeah. um, but it's just, we have to keep that in different categories. And then, and then again, just to kind of wrap up here, uh, we come home and uh, one of the things I think we could do that, that, that are kind of, as you say, the things are running parallel, but you know what? Every day runs parallel. And so that, that's not necessarily the problem that you've got. You're thinking about Christ in a day that you're engaged with a cultural activity. You know, that's fine. The, right. issue, the issue becomes, hey, guys, now, you know, let's, let's come to our true family devotional time, which is to sit around the Christmas tree. And the devotional lesson is, it is better to give than receive, you know? And here's the object lesson of the year, which is like every yeah. present that I give to you is like a little baby Jesus, you know? Um, well, it's, it's like that, except, except it's also, I think, runs a bit deeper because, you know, let's say, I don't know, Christmas is on a Tuesday and you've been into to worship you know, with the rest of the church and to think about the incarnation, you come home just like you would on a Sunday. Normally families have a roast dinner. Well, on a Christmas day, it's not really any different, just a slightly more elaborate roast dinner. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you, there will be unwrapping of presents. And I think the real thing is, can Christians just on that day enjoy the food and enjoy the gifts and, and, uh, without constantly having to strain their theological muscles yes. to find connections between that to the incarnation. So, like, can I not just give thanks to God for the food and the wine and the presence and, and the time with family? I don't have to make the whole day necessarily a de- an extended devotion. Yeah, treating the, the whole day as if it were some sacred, sacred sacrament. And for every, yeah. you know, reality that you're experiencing, you have a deeper spiritual <laughs> deal going on, you know. Uh, yeah, you got to be careful of that. And then the other thing, the other thing, just to round this up, is that, <laughs> you know, you got to be careful of 
you know, mumbling and grumbling and denouncing those those wicked people out there who have taken Christ out of Christmas. You know, yeah, those, those people yeah. who are sitting around their Christmas trees and not even thinking about Jesus. You know, because yeah. don't they understand that Jesus was born under the Christmas tree? You know what I mean? They, 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 uh, they, there's this mesh, this craziness where people, you know, they're insulted at the fact that Jesus has been taken away from the pagan celebration. <laughs> And like that, yeah. that has got to stop. Like people have just got to be, you know, listen, you know, if anything. But that's just generally part of the category of wanting to make Britain a Christian nation again, you know, right, um, right. or, or yes. whatever the, you know, like people are always bemoaning that shops open on a Sunday as if, as if we live in some sort of theocracy. Exactly. Where okay, we were so always going to live by the Ten Commandments. That is a fantastic way to wrap this up because, I mean, that essentially is what, what, the whole thing, why I want to go so hard on this, on this subject on, um, you know, two age sojourning, the whole, the whole premise behind, uh, two kingdom theology, Kleinian theology is that we're not in a theocracy and, uh, we get it bad. We get it really, we make it, we make, we derail the mission. We, we, um, we turn, we mess things up when we forget that idea. And um, we, have to, we have to appreciate that while we live in um, a, a kind of Christendom hangover where that, a lot of that is, is just confused and, um, and that, that, that idea still lingers, um, you have to be able to interact with the idea that lingers and the reality. And uh, you have to be able to, and it's a complex situation. It's definitely a technical thing. And so it requires you to know your theology and, and uh, think deeply about this stuff. Um, and then as a result of that, be liberated, you know, and joy comes from this because then you're liberated to know when you don't have to do a thing that men have prescribed that God has not. And when you and, and where you can and how you can use something to the glory of God and how you then can live as a citizen who's uh, taking part of the joy uh, of the culture and yet at the same time know where the real sin lies and where you need to stay away from it. Um, and so yeah. let's let's wrap that up. We've gone uh, quite over time, but hey, it's Christmas. There's a little bit of extra free, uh, free, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> free special time here. special wrapped Christmas present for you. Um, <laughs> but uh, ha- have a great time, guys, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Go check out the the website www.twoagesojourner.com and subscribe and give us a rating. And uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs>